So every year, we go into debt because we spend more than we take in. That's the average American. And so when it comes to being average, we said, let's not be average. And we talked about the way we solve that is by creating margin in our lives, where we, we plan, we make a plan for margin that we don't get stuck with, with um, having, to, having to, to get more debt and more debt. So um, today I want to keep talking about that and say we want to challenge the status quo. You know, the Grove, our heart is to say we want to be a church that reaches people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. So Jesus, he came to earth to give us a new way to, li- to live. And his message is a life-giving message, which means you wake up in the morning and you say, today I have something to live for. Today there's a reason I can, I can shine, I can get up, and I can love people. He gives us, he gives us life. And, 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 and we talked about that. So we, we want to challenge that and be able to, to, to have, have God use us as a church, as an individuals. So one of the things that being average, let me show you a picture. If you go to that picture for me. This is a picture of the average American, what they eat, how much they eat, almost, almost a ton of food. That's almost 2,000 pounds of food a year. All right. So this is not to bash on on eating habits. I'm just saying, trying to make a point here is, if you're going to be average, you can look forward to just um, eating more than you should and um, things that aren't healthy for us. This in this this includes an average year, Americans will eat 29 pounds of just French fries, 23 pounds of just pizza, 24 pounds of ice cream. Get this, we will average American will drink 53 gallons of soda. If you do the math, that's about a gallon a week of soda, all right? Um, 24 pounds of artificial sweeteners, and then 2,700 calories a day is what, what an average American consume. So why did I bring this up? Well, being average, here's, here's the truth. Being average sucks, all right? And what I mean by that is when you're average, you are going to be so, the average person, the reason that this, a lot of these things take place with debt and with, with the way we manage what we eat is because it's all about us. Being average is all about us, about me. So when I'm average, I'm saying it's about me. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to consume because we live in a consumer world. I'm going to consume. I'm going to take because it's all about me. But what I mean by sucking is when, you, when it's all about you, all you're concerned about is taking from everything else and not giving back. Because that's what, that's what typically happens with the average person. It's all about me. I'm going to take, take, take. I'm going to take it in. What that does is it sucks from other people. It sucks life out of others. So... Average being average, it sucks life from others. It sucks life from the economy. It sucks life from family. Average is just not good. And this is what we said as a church. One of our mottos is don't suck, but be life-giving. All right? So the Grove, we don't want the Grove to suck. And what we mean by that is we want to be a church that gives to the community of Santa Fe, the city of Santa Fe, so much that people are going to say, if the Grove wasn't here, it'd be a noticeable, there'd be a noticeable difference. That's our heart. Is we want people to say, man, because the Grove is here, there's lives being transformed. There is life that's being given to people all around us. They're finding it. In fact, over the last 15 weeks, we've seen a lot of people come to say, I want to follow Christ. I want to give my life to follow this, this rabbi, this teacher. And when you do that, all of a sudden he gives you life and you can start sharing it. So this is what, this is what we found in Genesis 12. God is looking for people to work through. All right, He found this man named Abram. And he says, Abram, I, want to, I, want, I don't want you to be average. See, the average person in Abram's day stayed in their city and never left. They never ventured out, which is a good reason, because if you did, you, you'd possibly get killed or taken as a slave, because it was a brutal time to live in. Well, he goes to Abram, who lives in the land of Ur, and he says, travel away from your home country, from your father's home country, and go to this place I'm going to take you, which is far away. And Abram says, okay, I'm going to believe that, God, you have a plan here, and I'm going to not be average. I'm going to step out of this. And this is what he tells Abram. His name eventually turns into Abraham, which means father of many. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. All right? So um, I don't know if you know this, but as Americans, we are very blessed. All right? He says, I'm going to bless you, but it's not so you can just hold on to so you can be a blessing to others. He continues on in, in verse 3, he says, of Genesis 12, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. We talked about it last week for, for, for Christmas coming. The angel showed, the, showed up to the shepherds and said, hey, there's great joy that will be for all people, right? Because God is looking for people to use, and he used his son Jesus to bring great joy. Well, in this story of Abraham, he's saying, I want to use somebody that's going to be willing to be courageous to step out of what's, what's accepted as normal, as, as, as the, that is status quo, as, as what's average. Would you step away from your home country and follow me? Because I'm looking for somebody to, to bless through, bless others through. And God is still doing this today. In your workplace, you might be the very person that God is wanting to use to help others know that he's God and that he's good. In your family, you might be the very person that brings peace and brings calm and things back in because God's always looking for people to work through. Now, he wants us to enjoy the blessings. It's not that he doesn't want us to enjoy them, but he just doesn't want us to hold on to them and say, this is all for me. So God created us with three parts, all right? We have body, we have soul, we have spirit. Body is the physical, the soul is like the emotions and what we feel, and then our spirit is what communicates with God. That's what's going to live forever. That's the eternal part of us. See, when God created creation, it, it's really it's awesome how the Genesis describes it. He says, all right, he started here with day and night, and every day he creates something, all right? And it gets a little more intricate and a little more detailed. So day and night, that's pretty awesome in itself, you know, the heavens and the, the, the galaxy, that's pretty awesome. But then he takes it a step further, and every, every day he's creating something a little more complex, and he gets to trees. And now the trees have these seeds that can produce more trees, and these plants can produce more. But they just have body. There's no soul. There's no spirit. And then he creates animals. And animals have a body, but then they have a soul. You know, they have emotions. The tail wags, and if the dog is scared, it runs away. There's emotions there. Now, do dogs have spirit? I don't think they have a spirit, okay? So a lot of people say the dogs go to heaven. I don't know. Uh, we don't know if dogs go to heaven because I've never been there. So I don't know how it's going to play out that way. But they don't have a spirit, so we know that part of it. Now, cats, we know about cats. They will not be in heaven. But dogs, you know, maybe. So, just kidding. If you're a cat lover, it's okay. We still love you, right? Um, but, no, seriously, so there's body, there's a soul. They don't have a spirit. And then they made, he made man. And man has a body, physical. He has the soul, which is the emotions and, and, and all that goes, comes with that. And then the spirit, which is gonna, what's going to live on forever. And he, he made it more complex. Well, then after he made man, you know what he made next? Because it's getting complex every, every more after, right? So there's man, and then there's woman, right? So women are even more complex and complicated than men. And that's not a bad thing, because everything he created, it got better and better and better. And then he made man, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then he made woman, right? So that's, that's like a compliment, ladies. So, you know, that's not a diss. That's saying he's making things better and better and better. And he's like, I can make an improvement on this. Let's make a woman. So... But he, he did. He made it more complicated. So um, they're more complex. I mean, the eyeballs the, and the, the way our, our bodies work, it's, just, it's amazing how he created things. But he made us with these three parts. And see, in these three parts, we'll talk about how one is going to always dominate. Well, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus, he tells his disciples in, in the gospel, he says, um, I'm going to send you out and you're going to go and do all these great things in my name. You're going to cast out demons. 
Because um, we believe we're spiritual people, so there's this spiritual realm that's unseen, and there's this activity where there's a demonic activity that takes place in the world, which means there's this battle for, for, of good and, and, and dark, of light and dark. And he says, you're going to go and you're going to pray for people, and they're going to be healed. And you're going to cast out demons in my name. And he gives his disciples authority to do it. And they start going out and they start doing these cool things. And people are starting to get healed. And, 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 and um, demons are getting be cast out of people. Well, they get to this one story in Matthew 17 where this man brings his son to the disciples and wants him to, to pray for the, for the spirit to leave, this evil spirit to leave the son. And he says this in Matthew 17, 14 through 18. He says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. So all of a sudden, they went back to being average. Like, I'm just an average person. I can't do anything about this. Before, we were doing all these cool things, but now it's like I'm stuck. And, and God, is, remember, he's trying to look for people to, to work through. And so uh, Jesus comes in. They bring him to Jesus, and he says, um, You unbelieving and perverse generation. Unbelieving and perverse. Everybody say unbelieving and perverse. All right, so this, the idea here for unbelieving is it's a disconnect from God. It means there's no faith there. It's, it's, we, have no, um, we have no understanding about what God is maybe doing. There's no, there's no connection there. So unbelieving is the idea of a lack of connection with God. And then perverse is this idea of, of too much of a connection of the things that aren't of God. We, we sometimes use the, world, the word like world. So we're so connected to the things of the world or of the flesh. We've also done other words they use. Kind of means the body and the emotions. We're so connected to those things that we don't really see what God is doing. We're, so the, the two problems he says, all right, the reason this demon is not leaving because you're unbelieving and you're perverse. Essentially, you're, you're, you're unconnected from, from God and you're too connected to things that aren't of God. And he says, how long shall I be with you to the disciples? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus says, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. And so Jesus, he then tells the demon to leave. And then the disciples, after this takes place, they pull Jesus to the side and say, all right, Jesus, explain this to us. We don't understand. All right, what's going on here? Like, we were seeing cool things happen. We were living beyond normal and beyond average. We were praying for people, and they're getting healed, casting out demons. And then we get to this one, and what's going on here? And he says, well, you, you, there's this, there's, he, this is what he says. He says, um, they pull him to the side. He said, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. So he's saying faith is an important thing. It comes from relationship, which we're going to talk a little more about next week. We're going to talk about um, more of that. He says, it, you'll say to this move and it'll move. There's nothing will be impossible for you. But he then goes on to say, but this kind, he's talking about this specific demon, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Everybody say prayer. And fasting. All right, so we're going to be talking about these two things the next two weeks. And the reason is because if we're going to be people God works through, then we have to be connected to him. And in some ways, we have to learn how to disconnect from other things that distract us from what God is calling us to do. And so prayer and fasting. So remember, he says, unbelieving, not connected to God enough, and perverse. You're too connected to the world or you've you've distorted the real reason of, of why God has created things. And he's saying there's an there's there's issue here. And then he goes on and gives a solution. So the solution is some things only, come, only take place and will break through through prayer and fasting. Now, so today we're going to talk about prayer, okay? Um, so I mean, today we're going to talk about fasting. Prayer, it connects us to God. 
All right? So if we want to become a believing generation, we have to learn how to connect to God. That's going to be next week. But then he also goes on to say fasting, it disconnects us from things of the world or things that aren't of God. And that disconnects us from the world. And that's what we're going to talk about today. See, fasting is a Christian discipline, probably the most unknown uh, Christian discipline that's there. Fasting is this idea that we um, go without, usually it's food and sometimes water. Um, we, we tell our, our body no for, for a, a, an amount of time. And that's what's called a fast. You, you go without food and water. And here's why. Um, the three parts that we talked about, because fasting is going to help us disconnect from things that, help, that, that maybe hold onto us and control us. Um, and so we have the body, and that the body is, is what connects us to ourself. All right? We feel pain. We know what's going on. The body is, is it's, it's always feeling. It's always there. It's always craving something. It's always wanting something. And then our soul is what's connected to others. You know, when you have emotions, anger, loneliness, those are all because of interactions with other people. So our body is connected to ourselves. Our, our soul is connected to our emotions, to others, all right? And then our spirit is what connects to God. So when we fast, what we're really telling our body, we're saying, body, you're going to be quiet for a little while because you're always so loud. I mean, have you ever gone without food for a while? What happens? Your stomach's like, give me food, right? And your body, maybe your head starts hurting. You're like, oh, my head is hurting because I need to eat something. It's your body making a lot of noise. Well, when our body is really strong, what happens in these three is typically one of them is stronger than the other two. And whatever you feed is going to get stronger than, and whatever you starve is going to get weaker. So when it comes to our spirit, and this is the part that connects us to God, if we neglect our spirit and that there's things that build our spirit like fasting, like prayer, like going to church, like serving and helping others, those things build our spirit because we're interacting with God, listening, reading our Bible. So if we neglect those things, our spirit gets weak, and it, and it can't interact with God. It's not connected. So we're unbelieving. We, have, we don't have the right connection. And when our body is so strong, like um, we want to sleep, we have appetites, you know, for um, some, some for, for substance things, that substance abuse, things that we um, maybe are addicted to, well, that's our body craving those things, saying, I want more and more. Well, fasting is a way to say, body, you're going to be quiet so that my spirit can get stronger. I'm going to starve the body. And, and even the soul, it even, it'll even help um, regulate that soul. So when, when, when your emotions are in control, your body a lot of times is sick and your spirit is really quiet. When your body's in control, man, your emotions, they, they go crazy and your spirit is really quiet. But when we allow God to work and build our spirit up and make it stronger, then our body can get quieter and our emotions and stuff can come in line with them. And we begin to see clearly and we begin to think clearly. And I think this is why fasting is so important. See, when, when we started the series through us, Jesus said in his teaching, he says, when you give, he didn't say if you give, he said when you give, and then the next part is when you fast, and then when you pray, okay? So he's saying when you do these things, here's three things of acts of righteousness, he called them. When you do these things, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. And he didn't say pray fast, it's pray, it's fast, okay? So he's saying when you do these things, he, he, it's, it's, a, it's this idea that these are going to, if you're, if you're following Christ, these are part of the disciplines he's calling us to do. We should be praying because that connects us to God. We'll talk about that in more in depth next week. When you fast, this is helping us to know that there's, um, our spirit can be built up and made stronger. Fasting can be really difficult because um, we have so much stimuli all around us all the time. You know, from food, it's available, any kind of food you want. Our body loves to, I love to eat. Maybe yours is not like mine. My body loves to eat. I love eating food. I love the taste of food. 
And so when I tell my body no, all of a sudden my body's like, hey, wait, wait, something's not right here. You're telling me no. Why? There's a reason behind it. What, here's what fasting is not, okay? It's not, make, it's not suffering for Christ. It's not like we're punishing our bodies because that's like, like we're horrible people. Rather, it's denying ourselves something that it wants so that we can build up a, a other part of us. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Now, the reason I'm talking about fasting is because one of the things we want to do for, for 2015 is we want to start the year off as, as a corporate body by fasting and praying. What I mean by that is for 21 days, we'll start next Sunday, the 5th, and we'll go from 25, for 21 days until that, that third Sunday um, where we'll, we'll work out a schedule of, of prayer and fasting. What better way to start off the year by saying, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to deny myself something that I really wants so I can put you first. See, the Bible talks about, about um, this idea of, of, of humbling ourselves. Fasting is one of the best ways to humble ourselves. The Bible says that when we humble ourselves, we hear that, that we'll hear from heaven. There's things that come along with that. Why? Because we're all the say, we're, what we're saying is, I'm not the most important person in this world. In fact, I'm going to tell myself just to be quiet so that I can maybe hear what God wants to say. What would happen if in January we all said, God, I'm going to put you first for so many days? Maybe it's not 21 days. You know, there's different ways to fast. We'll put resources on Facebook and on our webpage uh, to give more details because I'm not going to be able to cover it all today. I want to just give you kind of an overview. But we're going to put some resources that talk about different kinds of fast. You know, there's, there's complete fast where you go without food and in some cases without water for so many days. Now, you have to be really careful with your health. You know, there, there are certain things. If, if you have uh, diabetes, you have, you have to really be careful with that. You don't want to hurt yourself. Um, but there's, there's other ways to fast also. There's a Daniel's fast where you go without meat and any kind of animal product. You just eat fruits and vegetables. There's juice fast where you... Because you, the idea is we're just we're telling ourselves no to something so we can seek God. It's not because we want to punish ourselves and we want to starve. That's not the idea. It's, it's rather we're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiet this part of my, my, my life so this part can be stronger. And that's what fasting is. And so for 21 days, we're going to go down this journey of fasting. For me, I'll tell you kind of how it's going to look for me. There are going to be some days that I will fast completely. A whole day, I will not eat anything. Just drink water. And then there will be some days in that 21 days where I will only eat fruits and vegetables. I won't eat any meat. And we'll, we'll make a schedule. Saturday, I will sit down and we'll say, all right, let's, let's make a plan for, for the 21 days of how we can fast. And then here's one of the, there's a story in the Old Testament about this man named Daniel who fasted. And he was, he was asking God for answers. And he was praying and saying, God, I need you. So he started this fast. And it says that God sent an angel to tell him the answer. But there was this battle that took place in heaven. And, it, and, it, and after 21 days of fasting, finally the angel was able to come down and talk to Daniel and give him an answer. And he says, hey, God sent me the day you prayed, but it just took me a while to get here. Because, because the, 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 the warfare that was happening in heaven, they were, they were, they were trying to stop me from giving you the answer. And so through prayer, there was a breakthrough. Remember, Jesus says certain things will only take, happen in our life when we pray and fast. All right? So remember, out of, out of these three things, one of them is always stronger than the other. Fasting helps strengthen our spirit, and it gets our other two weaker and quieter. Whatever you feed is going to get stronger, and whatever you starve is going to get weaker. So if there's things in your life that you know are not good habits, the way you overcome them is you starve them. You don't feed them. You learn to starve them and say, you know, you need to be quiet because there's something greater. And as we deny ourselves something, and, and it's, it's not bad. Food is good. It's, it, God gave it to us to enjoy. But we, we say no to something good so we can say yes to something better. 
And that's hearing God's voice in our lives. So here's a few things that you need to do, all right? If, if you're going to fast for the 21 days with us, maybe if you've never fasted before, man, a one-day fast would be a great start. A three-day fast would be a good start. And we'll give you some tools. Just we'll be looking on Facebook, be looking on our webpage um, to find those tools so you can start maybe researching more about what fasting is and uh, just some great articles that I found that are going to really help us to see there's different ways we can fast, all right? Um, set your objective. Set your objective. Why, why are you going to fast? Why would you take 21 days out of the first part of the year to say, God, I'm going to tell my body what something, no to something it really wants so I can say yes to, my, to what you want to do in my life? Set your objective. What would that do? Here's a few things that you can do to set your objective or how you, some objectives you can set. First, declare our dependence on God. When, when we're fasting and we're going through this process, what we're saying is, God, I need you more than I need food. I need you more than whatever it is that is really pulling for our attention. Now, for some, it might be some specific sports. It might, might be a big thing for you to be have to fast that sport, saying, I'm going to say no to that for this day, just so I can, I can spend some time saying, God, I want, I want you to show up in 2015. But we set our objectives. We declare our dependence on God. Another part of this is we ask for forgiveness. We're asking God, saying, God, would you forgive me? See, fasting is helping us to, to, to break the connections from things that hold, hold, hold us captive. Well, in that, part of connecting to God is saying, God, forgive me. I mean, I've, 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 I, it's so easy for us to get away from what you're asking me. For me, as, as, a, as, um, as a Christ follower, throughout the year, I have to intentionally say, God, forgive me. I'm getting off track again. And it takes me a few times a year to say, I, I need to get back on track. Man, I've got off again. I'm kind of going in the wrong direction. My attitude is going in the wrong place. Help me get back on. Forgive me. And the next one is refocus on eternal things. Learn to say, God, as we fast, we're going to help focus and refocus back on what's really important. See, life is short. And the enemy, we have an enemy, the Bible says, that wants to still kill and destroy in our lives. He wants us to get distracted so that our relationships can be broken. And so we can, we can, we can fail. Well, we need to refocus on what's really important, on the eternal things. And then we invite the presence of God in our lives. We invite the presence of God saying, as, as we fast, we're saying, God, would you show up in a powerful way? I don't want to be controlled by these things. I want to be able to say no to those things so I can say yes to you. See, for some, fasting might be as simple as saying no to Cokes for 21 days or for a week. Because for some of us, it's really difficult. Or for coffee. So before you start, one of the things you want to do is slowly start getting off that. You don't want to just all of a sudden just start doing that because you'll get headaches. Um, and so in, in the articles, it'll kind of give you some, some tools on, on how to prepare for the fast correctly so you're not suffering. So the idea is not to suffer. In fact, when, when, we, when you do fast, um, your body gets hungry. Uh, sometimes your head hurts. Your emotions get a little more sensitive, right? And so like for me, when I fast, it's a little easier for me to get angry. Well, I don't get angry because I'm fasting. I get angry because anger has always been there. And fasting is just showing my anger. It's revealing it, which is a really good thing because now I can start saying, hey, where did that come from? I'm denying my body and all of a sudden I'm getting mad at my kids really a lot. Why? Is it really something they're doing or is it because my body is saying I'm in control? And so we don't get angry. We don't get frustrated because we fast. Rather, the fast shows us what's really already in the inside and what's there. And that's part of the fast is God is revealing things to us and saying, hey, I want to help you. And then the last part of our objective could be this. Believe God for answers to specific needs. Believe God for answers. As you go into this, ask and say, God, as I fast and I seek you, 
man, would you bring healing to my marriage? Would you bring healing to my family? Would you bring freedom to maybe addictions that you have? And as you fast, man, believe that God's going to answer those because he does. See, see, the disciples try to cast out the demon, and they couldn't. And Jesus says, come. Well, he, he, he expected it. He knew it was going to take place. He believed, and it happened. When we follow God's word and we follow what he's asking us to do, good results come from those, those, those actions that he invites us into as we follow him. So that's the first thing. Set your objective, all right? Declare dependence on God. Ask for forgiveness. Refocus on the eternal. Invite the presence of God in your life and believe God for answer specific needs in your life. Choose to disconnect from things that control and then actively connect to God. And the number two is this. Decide what type of fast you will do. Make a plan for it. Say, all right, for, for this week, I'm going to say no to coffee or I'm going to say no to whatever it was. A few years back, um, if you have a Catholic background or maybe a, an Anglican or Episcopalian, they have this before Easter, 40 days up to Easter, they have this period of time called Lent. Well, in, in, in the church in Bernalillo, we were taking our students to this, this period of 40 days of, of Lent where we say we're going we're gonna to prepare our lives for, for Easter, for the resurrection, and so we're going to say no to something for 40 days. I said no to sugar for 40 days. So on Easter Sunday, we broke our fast, and we were able to eat stuff. I ate a piece of Kit Kat, you know, the little wrapped ones and the small one, okay? I never got a bladder infection before in my life until that day. I got it, that sugar that I ate gave me a bladder infection because I had denied myself for 40 days, which told me, man, something in that Kit Kat probably wasn't really good for me. My body was freaking out because I hadn't had it for 40 days. Anyways, the point was this. We, we, we set aside a time of, of 40 days to say we're going to go without sugar. And that was a really difficult thing because I love sugar. It's all around. It's everywhere. But to say, no, I'm not going to say no to sugar. Well, some of the results is you get healthier. You get a little more clarity in your mind when you say no to things that aren't healthy for us. But, but what type of fast will you do? How many days will you go without maybe a specific food or a specific activity? Maybe for some of you, social media it consumes your life. Social media fast would be a great fast for you. Or instead of being on the computer for the whole day, you would say, or not a whole day, maybe for a whole hour, you would say, I'm going to read my Bible for this hour instead of being on social media. That would be a great way to fast. There's all kinds of ways that we can say no to the things that control our body, the things that control our emotions, and what we can say yes to the things that God has invited us to. So decide what type of fast you'll do. And then the third thing is expect results. When we disconnect from things that control us and we actively connect to God, things begin to change. You'll start hearing God a little more clearer in your marriage and your life. Why? Well, all of a sudden, your body is, is going to be a little more quiet. Your flesh is going to be quiet, more quiet, so that your spirit will be more sensitive to what God wants to say. This is what Isaiah says. And if you want to learn more about fasting, I would encourage you to read Isaiah 58. The whole chapter is a, is about a chapter on fasting. And he says, he talks about the right kind of fasting. And he says, when you do fast, these are some of the things that take place. He says, when you fast, the way God asks us to fast, he says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. It says there are three things that will take place when you fast. All right? Because remember, you're humbling yourself. You're saying, um, God, I invite you to, to, to be in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm turning my dependence upon you. Well, all of a sudden, healing will take place. Healing is going to take place. And when you fast, he says, then your righteousness will go before you. Righteousness is this idea of right standing with God. It's like our relationship. When you, when you ask God for forgiveness, he's saying, all right, I forgive you. Now we're good again. We're, we're, we're on good terms. Your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. 
For 2015, wouldn't that be awesome that you'd find healing, maybe in your marriage or in relationships with other people, in your body? Wouldn't that be awesome? When you fast, you'll find healing. When you fast, your righteousness will go before you. Because you're in right standing, God's going to lead you. He's going to take you down this path. What if we said, God, 2015, we want it to be a year that we see great things happen in our lives. Well, when we fast, his righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Isn't that awesome? It's like, man, you're, you're having this path that you're going in the right direction and then God is like watching your back for you the whole time because you're saying, God, I need you. My dependence is upon you. And then the third then is this. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. How many of you guys have wanted God to answer something in your, that you've been asking? When you fast, he says, then you will call on me and you, the Lord will answer when you, you will cry for help and he will say, hey, here I am. Here I am. Does that mean he's going to answer all the prayers that we've asked? No, not necessarily, but he can start giving us answers to those. Like, you know what? It's not as important that you understand why this took place, but that in the middle of it, I can walk, through you, walk with you through this difficulty. See, he answers us. It might not be the exact answer that you're looking for, but he will answer. In other cases, he's going to answer those prayers and the needs that you bring before him. So, 2015, be a year where we can, be, that we can find healing, we can find right, right standing with God, a holiness, a, a, a relationship where we're set apart saying, God, I want to live for you, I want to follow you, and then we get God's help in the middle of it. I don't know about you, but for me, I think setting apart a portion of our year to start off would be a, one of the best ways we can do by fasting, by saying, God, I want to put you first. I'll put you first. See, one of the reasons we gather on Sundays is because um, our spirit needs to grow. And part of our spirit needs to learn things about God. Well, what you feed grows. And if the only time you feed your spirit is on a Sunday morning, well, by the time the next Sunday comes around, do you think your spirit's going to be very strong? No. It's, and it's going to get weak and it's going gonna, it's gonna to leak. All, everything that you have is going to slowly leak out. And so reading our Bible, praying, those things are important. Coming to church faithfully is important because it's, it, it's building us up. It's strengthening us. It's helping us get something to celebrate. And remember, what you feed gets stronger and what you starve gets weaker. What in your life has been so loud that you're like, man, you just need to be quiet? Well, you need to begin to starve some of those things that are loud. Maybe it's your emotions. And you get angry really easy. Well, you need to start saying, God, I, I want to say no to my body. I want to say no to my my flesh. Maybe you have to say no to certain relationships that rile you up for a little while so you can just say, God, I need your help. And you begin to starve those things so that your spirit can become stronger. So here's our challenge for this week. Make a plan to disconnect from things that keep our spirit weak. You have a week to do this, all right? To start thinking through, all right, for 21 days, if I was to say no to something in my life that, that's maybe uh, not very healthy for me, what would those things be? And make a plan to say no to those things. See, food, I know people say, man, food's not that big of a deal. It's a very big deal. You say no to your body for a few days to food, man, your, your body starts screaming. But what I found is it's just a reminder to show us that we need to be more hungry for God than for food. See, when I fast for an extended period of time, maybe three days, my stomach starts growling. It starts saying, man, I, I want food. And it's just a reminder to say, why don't you pray and say, God, would you... Help my spirit may be made stronger. See, God is looking for people to work through. One of the ways that we can be people that he works through is by learning the disciplines that he asks us to. Fasting is one of these. Or we can say no to something that's not necessarily bad. Some cases they are bad and we need to say no to those things. But it, it helps us to say yes 
to other ways. So maybe you deny yourself food for a couple days in the beginning of 2015. Well, in two months later, something's going to come into, into your life that you're going to have to say yes or no to. And because you're able to say no to something simple like food, you're going to be able to say no to something more difficult like, I don't know, whatever that thing is. Why? Because you're able to learn self-control. Self-control is us saying, all right, I'm going to take control of this body and this soul part of me that is always screaming loud so that my spirit can be made stronger. It's one of the fruit of the spirit that God gives us is self-control. We can contain all those emotions, all those things that don't produce anything good. So if God wants to work through us and he's looking for individuals, here's one of the ways in 2015 God could work through you. If you will say, God, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to disconnect from things that pull my attention away from you. And what happens? We find healing. We find, we find that connection with God, right standing. And we find that he answers and he begins to lead us in a powerful way, in a great way. So maybe you're new to this and you came to church you're like, man, this doesn't mean anything to me. Well, here's, here's what, as I know as a human being, is our flesh is very strong. We have appetites, okay? Our flesh is for food, for sex, for fun, all these things that our body wants. And Jesus' call to us as human beings is says, hey, don't let your flesh be in control. Learn to be controlled by the Spirit. Learn to be led by the Spirit. If you read through Romans 8, and you have that understanding of, of the Spirit, of God's using, wanting to work through our spirit to, to make decisions and not the flesh, we begin to learn to say no to things that aren't healthy. And we begin to say yes to things that God is asking to us to do. And at first, it can be, sound really difficult, really challenging and hard, and it is. But what in life is worth anything that's not hard and takes work? Nothing. That's the reason so many people are average. Is because average means you just go with the flow. You just go whatever everybody else does you do. God is saying don't be average. Would you step out from the land of Ur that you've been living in, that's the normal, and would you follow me on this journey? And God invites us to follow us on this journey. And when we do, we find joy in life and we find so many awesome things because all of a sudden... Yes, it's challenging, it's difficult, it's hard. But he's in the middle of it. He's, he's guiding and directing us and saying, this is why you're really created. See, all those stuff and appetites that you really think you want, those are just distractions. They're just pulling for you. What was the temptation Adam, uh, that, that uh, um, Eve and Adam fell with? Eating something. It was something for the flesh. Part of it might even be some of the emotions of he's trying to tap in and saying, hey, man, did God really say that? And he tricks Adam and Eve to sin by tapping into two of our appetites, our desires to want to be satisfied and maybe want to be popular, whatever the emotions were that he was trying to get out of her. And she gave into it and she took a step away from God. Well, God is inviting us to take a, take a step back towards him. And fasting can be one of those ways. Next week we'll talk about prayer and, and give you some tools. Um, what I find is, is when you have tools that, that, that um, will help you through this journey, it makes it so much easier you don't have to start over from scratch. So we'll give you tools on fasting. Facebook and um, our webpage, we'll put them up. And then next week, we're going to give you tools on prayer. We'll talk more about that. So this week, remember, what you feed gets stronger. What you starve gets weaker. Is it anger? Man, you need to start starving anger. When you, when it, and if, if your body is super loud, you need to start starving your body so you can, that your spirit gets stronger. Make a plan to disconnect from things that keep us, our spirit, weak. And then make a plan so we can begin to, to, to find God. Um, that is my challenge today. If, if you were here 
And maybe um, you want to maybe learn more about following God. And we'd love to help you in this journey. You know, every, every week at the end of service, we give opportunity for those that maybe have stepped away from God to take a step towards him and say, you know what, I need help. Um, one of the things that God is looking for people still to use in this life. He wants to give you life. He wants to give us life to be able to walk with him, to find joy and purpose and meaning. The way that starts is by us making this declaration of saying, God, I am a broken human being that needs your help. And I invite you to lead me. 2015 could be the best year of your life. Maybe you've come and, and, and you're far from God. Maybe you have no relationship with God. One of the best things you could do is start the year off by saying, God, I want to turn in your direction and I want to follow you. See, it took faith. It took Abraham faith to step out of what was average and comfortable and go into a land that he didn't know about. And this is the same thing God calls us to as people. He says, would you step out in faith and trust me that as I lead you down this path, that I'm going to lead you to a country, not a different country, but a different way of living that is so much better than what you've been living at for so long. Because the truth is that that average thing just doesn't work. And he invites us. So do me a favor. Would you close your uh, eyes and would you bow your heads today? If you're here today and you've been living in maybe that land of average, you don't have a relationship with God, I would love to, to lead you in a prayer that just says, God, I need your help. Would you forgive me? Would you help me? Man, you need a new start. Man, this is, your, this is the year. 2015 could be a great year. And then follow his lead. If you're here today and you would like to just say, I need, I need prayer. I, I, I need Christ. I need God in my life. Would you just lift your hand? I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Anybody else? Just saying, I need prayer. I need help. I want God to give me strength. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? A few people raise their hand already and says, you know what? I want to invite God to lead me and bring freedom. For you that prayed, I'm going to lead you in the prayer that just says, God, I, I, we declare our dependence on God. So would you pray this with me? Everybody, would you join in and encourage those that raise their hand? Say, Father God, forgive me. I'm a broken. I'm in need. I need your help. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the choices that have led me far from you. I invite you today to give me new life, to help me have a fresh start. I believe you died on that cross for me. And I believe you're alive today, ready to help me. I confess that you are God and I want you in my life. Help me. Lead me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.